picture this. You, me, and a small group of women who truly get you walking on the beach. Sure, we're laughing and having a grand old time, but it's more than that. We're not just chatting about the weather. We get real. We uncover all that mental gunk that's keeping you stuck. You share the dreams you haven't even said out loud to your family. Together, we make a plan for you to put those dreams into action. Long after we clean the sand out of our suitcases, we hold each other in accountability, love, and genuine support. If you can believe it, we actually want to see each other win. Yep, this November, I'm hosting my first ever Ascend Mastermind Retreat. This isn't your average girls weekend. This is a transformative experience with rural doers and dreamers with hearts and goals as big as you. Are you ready? Magic happens when you put yourself into rooms like these. Lives are changed forever within these walls and you are invited. Check out emilyrushell.com slash retreats to learn more and get your name on the wait list. Your people are waiting and your dreams are worth it. Hi, friend. Good morning. Okay, maybe it's not morning where you're at right now. Maybe you're listening to this late at night, but for me, it is morning, which is perfect because that's what we're talking about today. One question that I get asked fairly frequently is about my morning routine. And truthfully, for most of my life, a morning routine is something that did not exist whatsoever. I started building a lot of these habits back in 2019 when I began my health journey. Um, As I've said before, when I jumped into that health journey, I really wanted things to be different than anything I had tried in the past. And I knew I had to be very intentional about focusing on taking care of the big picture and working on my mindset and my mental health alongside, you know, fitness and taking consideration of my nutrition and what kind of water I was drinking, et cetera. So A lot of the things I'm going to share about today, I started then and they have grown and transformed over the years, but I 1000% attribute what I've accomplished in the past, gosh, almost three years um, to different elements of this routine, both in my health and fitness journey, in my career at the YMCA, and even beginning the process to dream about the work that I'm doing now and what I will do in the future. So without further ado, here are five things that I do to set myself up for success in the morning. Hi, friend. Welcome to Gather and Growth, a show created for passionate, growth-focused, rural women like you. From mindset work and building strong habits to exploring the unique joys and challenges of living rural, this is a show to leave you feeling joyful, inspired, and a little less alone. Together, we're on a journey of reaching for the most confident, healthy, and authentic version of ourselves, and I'm forever grateful to have you by my side. Whether you're currently running on a back road, shuffling kids to town, hopping along for a tractor ride, or three loads deep into folding laundry, grab yourself a nice coffee and let's dive in. I want to preface this with I am not perfect at this. These are things that I try to do as often as possible, even imperfectly. There are some mornings, totally crush it. The stars align. Everything works out really well. All of these things happen exactly as I would hope that they do. But the reality is I have two young kids. I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old. 
So if you do the math, I was starting to do these things with a six-month-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old. So things don't always work out exactly as I planned. But when it comes to creating any new habit or lifestyle change, the key is consistency and setting the intention over time. Doesn't have to be perfect every day for it to have the impact that you're desiring. Second thing I want to preface, as I mentioned in the intro, this is not something I have always done. This does not come easily for me. This took a lot of retraining my instinct. for lack of a better word, or really, I guess, the habits that I had built over the course of my teens and 20s to be able to to do these things. So I'm definitely not one of those people that would say I was a morning person forever. I think I spent all of college staying up until the wee hours of the morning, sleeping in as late as possible. And even, gosh, I think to my years when I was a classroom teacher, I think I would wake up at the very last second possible after I don't even know how many alarms. I would throw myself together in the biggest hurry ever, stop at the gas station to get a fountain ski. Any of my Southern Illinoisans know where I'm at on that ski. Citrus soda is superior, but in retrospect, drinking 32 ounces a day did me no favors (laughs) for anything. Um, And then I would run into school at the last possible minute or even after the last possible minute. Um, When I transitioned to life as a new mom and even working full time at the Y, I will say mornings were still not my jam. I had the joy, the absolute blessing of having a flexible work schedule so we could sleep in. I could still throw myself together, get my son out the door, get him to daycare, which usually involved driving all over Timbuktu because where I live, childcare is a struggle. So I would still be rolling in at the last possible minute, you know, get my work done as I needed to. But mornings just were never a place where I thrived until I really intentionally focused on building a routine in the morning. So the first thing that I do or I did that I started doing to intentionally set myself up for success was wake up before everyone else in the house. This started with the intention of wanting to have an hour to myself. So I was setting an alarm much earlier than I was used to and dragging myself out of bed, making myself do it to go sit out on the couch and uh, do the things that I wanted to do. But the mentality behind that is if your kids are waking you up or if your alarm is waking you up at the last minute before you have to run out the door, the reality is you're on the defense, you're scrambling around, you haven't even like had the time to screw your head on straight before you're already putting yourself and the rest of your family or the people in your house into motion. And I know from experience that this just starts the day in chaos. And when you are feeling chaos, your family is feeling chaos, the people around you are feeling chaos, you are bringing that energy into your day, whether you're heading to work or whether it's a Saturday and you have a day full of baseball games or family time or whatnot, when you're starting the day on the defense, you are not giving yourself the opportunity to be set up for success. So at this point, my body has been retrained to wake up in the six o'clock hour. I truthfully do not even set an alarm anymore, which is 
mind-blowing as someone who needed multiple alarms to drag myself out of bed at the last minute. Now my body just knows at some point in the six o'clock hour, we are waking up before anyone else gets up. And I use that time to really intentionally take care of me, do the things that make me feel physically, mentally, emotionally strong. It's just kind of the thing I look forward to the most in a day. Like when I go to bed at night, I think about how excited I am to wake up in the morning for my coffee. I am a iced coffee fanatic. I drink Stoke cold brew every morning. This is not an ad, although I wish it was. Stoke, please sponsor me. We'd be a great team. I pour myself a tumbler of stoked cold brew. I grab a banana. I grab my Lara bar. I have a special place on the couch that I sit and I just start doing the things that I know really fuel my soul well. Now, I have young kids. I am not always up an hour or even a half hour before they wake up. But because I have been doing this so long, they know what to expect during that time. So even when I had a six-month-old, now she is three and a half, she knows that in that first little chunk of the day that mom is sitting down to read and journal and do a bunch of other things that I'll get into. And so that's our quiet time. And I'm going to be totally honest, more often than not, that means we're turning on Disney Plus, we're watching a movie, we're watching Doc McStuffins. And I don't have any guilt around that. You know, they kind of get that time to decompress and start their day slow. And I get that time to take care of me. So I don't let myself get trapped into this, oh my gosh, screen time. Like we really don't watch TV that much during the day anyway. So them having 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes with a show that they love, I'm, I've bless and release. That is totally fine. And they know what that expectation is. They know that I'm doing something and honestly, they're cuddled up close to me. And now it is one of my favorite times. And I think another thing that's really cool about that is they both see what I'm doing to intentionally take care of myself. And now my son, he's five and a half. He starts asking questions about what I'm doing. He's watching me fill in my UDU82 tracker. He's starting to ask what it means to be grateful, or um, he's starting to ask questions about the books I'm reading. And so I'm modeling for them in real time what it means to intentionally take care of yourself. So I think that is very cool. The second thing that I do that I've alluded to a couple of different times is I spend time reading some sort of book that's going to make me better in some way. Uh, The broad category for that would be a personal growth book. But truthfully, maybe it's something related to business. Maybe it's related to habits. Um, It could be a parenting book or whatever it is that you are doing that you are trying to learn, trying to grow in, trying to get better at typically in the nonfiction category. Truthfully, I'm not much of a fiction reader, not that I don't like it. I just intentionally use this time as some sort of personal or professional development. When I was a kid, I loved to read. I was a crazy reader. I would just blow through books. It was kind of my safe space where I knew I could just get lost in a story. Throughout high school, college, and most of my 20s, I don't think I picked up a book on purpose. I guess thinking about college, I probably had two for for classes in one way or another, but reading was not a part of my life for a really long time. And it took some intentionality to bring that back in. But 
It has really helped shift my mindset over the years. It has shown me what's possible. It has brought in different perspectives into my life. It has added value and made me reconsider what I'm capable of doing. It's shown me the way that other people do things. I don't you know, necessarily take everything out of every book that I read, but I think that every book that I read has something for me, even if it isn't my most favorite. And one of my favorite things about getting into personal development through the lens of a book is that it's bringing mentors in my life that don't even know exist. I know in the professional realm, people are always like, find a mentor, find someone to learn from. And you're like, where where did, is there a mentor tree? Like, where do I find these people? Um, And the cool thing about books, in addition to podcasts and other modalities, is you can have a front row seat to learning from really smart, accomplished, articulate people who have incredible stories and take that information and insert it into your own life without, like I said, without even knowing that they exist. So I think whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, 10 pages, or even more with a personal growth book can be something that really drives the needle forward in getting you from where you are to where you want to be. And again, am I perfect at this? Absolutely not. Sometimes it's one page, sometimes it's zero pages, sometimes it's an hour, but I do set that intentionality of trying to spend time reading every morning. Okay, the third thing that I do I won't say every morning, as many mornings as possible, is journal 10 pieces of gratitude. Now, when I started this habit back in 2019, um, I started with five. I actually just bumped up to 10 within the past six months or so. And the thing that I love about this is it seems so incredibly simple. And like, why am I even spending my time doing this? Of course, I'm grateful. Of course, I have all these great things in my life. But when we intentionally have a gratitude practice, it retrains our brain to look for the good, to seek the positive, to reflect on those sources of optimism and blessings that exist in our daily life. And the very important thing to remember when doing this is it's not the big things like, oh, I'm so grateful for my health or I'm grateful for my house or my family or kind of those big picture um, blanket things that, of course, we are insanely grateful for. But the trick in doing this is it's very small, intentional things from the last 24 hours. So it could be Um, having the opportunity to sit down with a friend for coffee. It could be something hilarious that your kids said that just made you fall over laughing. It could be a walk that you went on and the feeling of the breeze on your face or the sunset in the background. It could be the cheesecake you had while on date night with your spouse. The more specific that we can get, the better, because that's what teaches our brain to be living in the moment and really soak in those experiences. You know, those are the things that make life worth living. The big things are incredible, so important, but it's those small wins, those daily blessings that have us wake up in the morning excited about our day and looking back on the 24 hours just make us feel so insanely grateful for the life that we are living. And even on the hardest days, gosh, on the days that are filled with devastation or loss or stress or frustration, there are always, 
always things to be grateful for. And when we build our mindset to that of gratitude, it helps us get through those harder days at an even higher capacity because our mindset is always constantly looking for those good, good things. And another very cool thing about doing this on a daily or almost daily basis is then you have a whole collection of blessings from your life to look back on. So I'll go flip through old journals and just thumb through the pages and remember, gosh, I'm like going to tear up thinking about this, but cool things that my son did when he was a toddler that truthfully, I don't remember anymore because it's just impossible for us to remember every single little thing. But I have this archive of just small daily moments that I never want to forget. So it's kind of just like a quick little way to jot down the great things that happen on a daily basis. And it for me, writing long descriptive paragraphs, that just doesn't work. I'm like bullet pointing like the sunset was gorgeous on my run. Um, I am so grateful for this cup of coffee because we didn't sleep well last night and dang, it tastes good. Or I had a call with somebody that just made me feel so joyful and inspired. Or I read a line in this book and um, it really made an impact on my day. Or I did something that once felt impossible and I don't want to ever forget that feeling. It's just very cool. And I should note, I don't use anything necessarily fancy for this. You could use notebook from the dollar store. You could use a spiral bound notebook for back to school time. I do have an affinity for the lined moleskin notebooks. I like how they're all the same size and shape and I can like line them up and they stack neatly. And truthfully, it's the notebook I use for everything. It's like my daily journaling. um, And then next to it is notes from a mastermind. And then next to that is like some idea that popped into my head. Um, And then below that is notes I jotted down from a webinar I participated in. Like I've tried to keep separate notebooks and then I just have too many things in front of me and I can't keep it straight. So I just keep it all in one notebook. I'm not saying that's the best way to do things, but it's working for me right now. I've had people ask, so how do you find anything? I'm like, well, I always make sure to write the date at the top. So if I know that I wrote something down during a specific meeting, I go back to my calendar and look at what the date was and then go find it in my notebook. Again, not a sophisticated system, but it's working. Okay. The other thing that I do in my journal, so I guess the fourth thing that I do to set myself up for success, and this one, truly a game changer. If you get nothing else out of this episode, I would love for you to try this. I write my goals and affirmations as if they are already true. So whatever it is that I'm working on or whoever it is that I want to be, I write it down as if it is 1000% fact. And I started doing this when I started my health journey in 2019, and I know without a doubt, it is the reason I went from being able to run one mile, completely out of breath, red in the face, to running my first 5K, to running a 10K, to decreasing my mileage time, to training for a half marathon, to running 20 miles for St. Jude over the course of a day. Because every time I was working on those steps of that goal, I wrote about it as if I could already do it. So I didn't give myself the opportunity to say, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know. I hope that someday I can do it. 
when we use words like someday, or I'm working on, or I hope to, or I want to, we're automatically giving ourselves an out for why it's not going to come to fruition. We are giving our brains a reason to dismiss it as something to deal with later. Like we're literally saying someday. So, you know, I'm sure that someone who knows a lot more about brain science and the subconscious could explain this better. But when we're using those types of words, they're telling our subconscious like, okay, yeah, we'll get to that. This isn't that important to worry about right now. So the trick in talking about things as if they're already true is it tells our brain, oh, shoot, I need to make this real life. We got to put in the work. We got to do the things to make this reality because she's over here saying this is true. And I know that we can't do that yet, but she's saying we can do that. So we got to do the things to be able to do that. It gives ourselves a sense of empowerment and intentionality and really helps us take ownership of the things that we're working on. And so, you know, if we're saying I want to run a 5K versus I ran a 5K on a certain blah, blah, blah day. If you're familiar with SMART goals, they're pretty popular in the classroom or in business, but it's that specific, measurable, actionable, that timeline of when are you doing it? How are you doing it? And yes, you have already done it. At the time that I started doing this, of course, I had things related to my health or to my career, but at the same time, I was really struggling with, you know, keeping my cool as a mom. I had young kids and I did not want to be shouting at them or, you know, feeling stressed or frustrated about the things that were going on. So one thing that I wrote for a really long time and actually bought a sticker to put on my water bottle that says it is, I'm a calm and joyful mom. And that has taken different forms over the years to like, I'm an intentional and present mom. Or, you know, I even have written things related to my marriage. Like I make Andrew feel so loved through X, Y, and Z. I have written things related to career aspirations, both in the short term and in the long term. And on one hand, it's important to write these things consistently on a daily basis um, versus just sitting down like, what are my goals for today? Like there does need to be some longevity to it where you're writing the same things over and over and over again every morning so that there's that intentionality of what are we actually working on? What do we want? Um, but I've also given my, myself permission that if something doesn't feel quite right anymore to tweak the wording of it or when I've outgrown something because maybe my career has changed or my focus has shifted that, you know, I can scrap something and replace it with something that feels more right for what I guess makes sense now. So the long story short on that is you want to be consistently writing the same thing day after day, but give yourself permission for that to grow as you grow and as you evolve and as your focus changes or as you crush the goals that are already written. To you know, take it back to the running example, after I ran that 5K, I set my new goal and I started writing, I ran a 10K. So give yourself permission to grow and shift with your goals um, as they grow and shift. Honestly, when you have that ever moving target of, I want to do this, I want to do this, I hope I can do that someday, it's hard to stay focused and it feels like you're never doing enough or you're never, you're never accomplishing the thing. So staying really clear on what is it that I'm working on 
helps you be able to actually work towards something tangible. And then when you do the thing, you know that you are on the right track. You know that you have done enough because you are taking steps to get closer to where you want to be. And the truth is, you can start living as the person that you want to be today. If you want to be a person that eats healthy or whatever that looks like, you don't have to wait for a year from now or five years from now to dream about this dream version of yourself. I remember my friend Kaya talking about um, the hat example. Like, gosh, I just wish I could be the kind of person that wears hats. Start wearing the hat. Like, I am a person who totally rocks hats on a daily basis. And then start wearing the hat. (laughs) When you're writing those affirmations, you're giving yourself permission to start living as that right now. Okay, so that's what I do in my journal, the gratitude, the goals, and the affirmations. I guess one more note to add is when it comes to goals and affirmations, I typically keep it around eight to 12, depending on what I'm actively working on. Again, some of them are very short term, like things I know I want to accomplish in the next six months. And then some of them are like lifetime goals. I'm not going to lie. I've been writing about this podcast for a very, very long time. So the fact that it is actually here in real life and you are listening to this is literally a dream come true. And there is no greater feeling than seeing one of your dreams come to real life. So thank you for being on this journey with me. Bringing this podcast to life has literally been a dream come true, but it's not the only thing I've been working on this summer. My website is finally live. There you can find information about Masterminds, You Do You 82, my upcoming retreat, how to book me as a speaker, and of course, the show notes for today's episode. Check it out at emilyrushell.com, E-M-I-L-Y-R-E-U-S-C-H-E-L.com. Okay, the fifth thing that I've actually just started doing very, very recently, like within the last couple of months, six weeks or so, is starting the first part of your day without your phone. I say an hour, but maybe for you that's a half an hour. Maybe it's just the first 10 minutes. Maybe it's three hours. But truthfully, we are inundated the second we open our phone with other people's ideas, other people's messages, other people's expectations of us, questions from the rest of the world. And I don't know about you, But if I open my phone for one thing, I am staying on my phone for 752 things and there is no stopping it. And even when I try to stop it and I put it down and then go back to my journal, something sucks me back in. Of the five things I've shared with you today, this is the one I struggle with the most because there's always a reason to check my phone. Maybe it's a message from my mom. Maybe it's um, a Marco Polo that I'm expecting from a friend. Maybe it is, you know, just, gosh, I wonder what's happening on Instagram. And then three hours later. So it has been so incredibly good for me on the days that I have successfully done this. On the days where I have looked at my phone, looked at the clock and been like, okay, it is 6.17. I am not opening this phone until 7.17. I am able to start the day with such a better mindset. I'm able to do the things that I've talked about so far much more successfully. So 10 out of 10, highly recommend. I need to re-listen to this episode myself and remind me how good it is because I'm not going to lie. It is something that I really struggle with, but I know makes a really big difference. 
Okay. And I guess a bonus thing that I've only started doing since this whole no phone for the first hour experiment is moving my body in the morning. I have actively said for a very long time that I hate working out in the morning. In fact, I remember being on the way to my half marathon in May and on the call, on a call with my friend telling her, gosh, I just wish this was like at 11 o'clock in the morning because I hate working out first thing in the morning. And now I have to say, I kind of love it. I kind of love it. You know, when I was working at the Y, I was teaching classes in the 11 o'clock hour, which truly I really did love. I loved being able to get to work, get some work done, take a break for my workout, grab a quick lunch, and then get back to work. But truthfully, as I have stepped into entrepreneurship, I have been terrible at trying to find that same flow. So inevitably, it would turn into nine o'clock at night and I'm trying to do a workout and nobody wants to work out at nine o'clock at night, or maybe you do. Um, But my energy was just really low. I didn't feel like I was getting as much out of my workouts. And then I was feeling frustrated that I was spending time doing it, that I wasn't, you know, actively with my kids or that I wasn't just relaxing and watching a movie or snuggling in bed or something like that. So I have come to really love moving my body in the morning. Again, of the habits that I've listed so far, this is one that I'm definitely working on. But when I do it, I feel so much better. I personally use the Peloton app. I do not have the fancy bike or the tread. I just use the strength training classes, the stretching classes, yoga, hit, that kind of thing. You don't have to have the Peloton app to work out in the morning. I just find that it's nice to have something where someone tells me what to do. On the chance that I get to go out on a walk or run in the morning, that is also phenomenal. It just feels really good to get the endorphins pumping, get my body moving. I feel like when I'm done with that, I know that I have accomplished something that I wanted to do, and it kind of sets me up to stack more wins throughout the day. So that is that is my bonus. Again, actively working on it. So if you want to hold me accountable to it and ask me around nine o'clock in the morning if I have worked out, that'd be great. That would be great. We can work on this one together. So there you go. There are, um, I guess, five plus one things I do to set myself up for success in the morning. First one being I wake up before everyone else. Best case scenario, an hour, but that may not work for you. Even if it's 10 minutes, even if it's 10 minutes, if you can get up before anyone else in your house, or even if you live alone and you can get up 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes sooner than your alarm normally goes off and give yourself that time to journal or read or um, sit on the patio and drink your coffee or move your body. Seriously, it puts your brain in such a better place than it would be waking up behind the eight ball on the defense and rushing out the door. Okay, second thing that I do is spend time reading a book that's going to make me better, usually something related to personal growth. Third thing that I'm doing is journaling, jotting down 10 pieces of gratitude, maybe start with five, but just those little things from the past 24 hours that make life awesome. I am writing my goals and affirmations as if they're already true and doing both um, gratitude and goals and affirmations in a notebook. I know that there are digital ways to do this. Maybe that makes more sense for you. I'm sure that they are apps. I'm sure you can just open a note on your phone, but spending some time and intentionality of what am I thankful for for the past 24 hours and what are my intentions for today and where am I going in the future? 
And then the things that I'm working on right now that I know I feel phenomenal when I do are spending the first hour of my day with no phone and moving my body. I challenge you over the next week to try one or two of these things, um, see if they make a difference, or even just commit to one of them and try it for a few weeks. Because truthfully, doing something one time is good, but doing something over time is great. Even if you are not perfect, let go of the expectation that you have to do it every single day perfectly in order to do it at all. Doing any of these things three or four times a week every week is so, so, so much better than zero times. Or doing some of these things for five minutes still builds the habit. Remember, you have to give yourself a little bit of grace as you are trying to do new things and just have faith that over time you will get better, it will get easier, and it will become part of who you are. A bunch of the stuff on this list I don't have to think about anymore because I worked really hard in 2019 and 2020 to set the foundation. So think about the three years from now version of yourself. The habits that you are working on today is what is turning you into her six months from now, a year from now, three years from now. So give some of these a try. Let me know what you think. Tag me on social. Send me a DM. I would love to chat about this more. Have I told you today how much I appreciate you? I'd like to imagine this was a meaningful backyard patio kind of chat between friends sipping LaCroix at sunset. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a screenshot to share or forward this episode to a friend. You can also find me at Emily Rushel over on social to continue the conversation. It's truly a joy to hear what tidbits and takeaways made an impact on your day. As always, all links and resources mentioned in today's episode can be found in the show notes listed below or over at emilyrushell.com. Special thanks to my podcast manager, Jill Carr, for the time and love she puts into producing Gathering Growth for this community. What a blessing it is to be on this personal growth journey together. Forever grateful for you.